It's time for Tim. The Tim Weisberg Show on 1420 WBSM and streaming live on WBSM.com and the WBSM app. Talk to Tim now at 508-996-0500 or send him a message through the WBSM app. And now, WBSM's big gun, Tim Weisberg. And welcome in. Good morning. Happy Wednesday to you. Hope it's starting off all right for you. And uh, we've got a lot that we can talk about today. Later on this morning, actually in the next hour, uh, New Bedford Mayor John Mitchell is going to reveal the city's comprehensive housing plan which he talked about with us last week when he was here on on last Wednesday's edition of Midweek with the Mayor. He said that the city would soon be unveiling its comprehensive housing plan. And uh, and I mentioned the other day, you know, that'll probably come out sometime in the next couple of weeks, definitely before the State of the City address. And here it is, you know, a a day or two after I said that, and it's being unveiled. So I believe he's still going to join us today at 11. Uh, He may be a little late if he's coming from that event, but... We hope that, uh, you know, even if he can't make it in, we'll, we can talk, it, talk about it with him at a later time. But he's going to be on South Coast tonight with Marcus and Chris either way this evening. So one way or another, you will get to hear from the mayor today on WBSM. But hopefully he'll be joining us for his regularly scheduled appearance in the 11 a.m. hour. So, of course, the uh, the fire is the, the big news of the day. And, of course, uh, we're sorry to see any loss of life and, and those who are injured in it. But... You, again, I want to echo what others have been saying and commend the emergency personnel who who handled this uh, with the utmost professionalism. And think about this. Think about how that fire could have spread had they not kept it so well under control when they arrived on the scene. And, and I know, as, as Kate was reporting, you know, they were still putting out hotspots well into the night. I took a ride by on my way into work this morning. They still have that whole area blocked off. And uh, they're still working on... The building, I don't know if they're still putting out hotspots or I was going to pull over and try and, you know, just get an update. But I, there was the, the trap, excuse me, the traffic was so uh, tightly condensed over there with cars trying to get in. I didn't want to ruin that by trying to park a car and uh, cutting off some of the the throughway for people. So, but it's certainly something that it's going to be um, a long time that they're over there just making sure everything is out, making sure everything is safe. And then, then, of course, the, it looks like it's going to have to be, uh, what's left there will have to be taken apart and removed and demolished. So it's sad because that was not, not only for the, the folks who obviously now have to find a new place to live and those who are injured and, and, of course, the person who perished, but just that, and I know it seems trite to say it when you have such tragedy, but that was a beautiful building. And it was one of the ones that you always like looked at when you when you rode down when you rode down the Ave. You'd say, "Oh my gosh!" You'd say, "What a what a beautiful sight!" And the other building that was a little bit further down the road that uh, was over the floor shop that had you know some similar architecture, and there was a fire there. And so you've lost two of the distinct, and there was a fire at the other one. I think a little bit further up. So you've lost some distinctive buildings. That's 
of course, the least of everything that happened, but it's still, you know, it's still part of that conversation. So, uh, speaking of conversations, last night I attended the city council meeting, uh, the the committee on appointments and briefings. It was a meeting. Uh, basically, the only item on the agenda was the motion by Councillor Gomes to meet with the local media. And uh, you heard him with Phil just a few moments ago. You might have heard Michael Rock on with with Marcus. Last evening, uh, it was WBSM that showed up. It was Channel 6. It was Channel 12, I think. Well, in, in Fun 107, because Michael represents both brands. But I, f- I think that was everybody. But it was still a very productive conversation. You know, as, as Councillor Gomes said with Phil, it was, you know, it was not a beat-up session. It wasn't designed to, to bring in the media and chastise them for the coverage that they had. Uh, Councillor Gomes said right at the outset of the meeting that he understands the challenges that face us in terms of staffing. And it's, uh, I want to talk a little bit about that because it, it, you make it, when we say that, it's easy for, for, for businesses to say, oh, well, you know, we, we have issues with staffing. And that covers a lot of ground. And people can make different inferences based on that. It could be, well, they just can't afford to hire anybody. That there's people out there that would do the job, but they just don't want to spend the money on it. Or like with a lot of industries these days, they can't fill the jobs that they have. Or like with other industries, people just don't want to do that job anymore. And what we're seeing is actually kind of a mixture of all three in the news business. You know, there's there's people who want to do the job and they look at the positions that are available for them and they say, well, gee, I don't know. I can't, I don't know if I can live off that salary because traditionally this business does not pay well. If you can reach to the, the point of being, you know, a, I don't even know who the main news anchors are on, on the network television stations anymore, but I think, I think Lester Holt is the, the NBC guy. You know, if you can reach that level, or if you can reach the level of a Fox News host or a CNN host or even an MSNBC host, you're, you're, you're at the top of the game when it comes to salary. But the people who are down here in the trenches doing local journalism, it has never paid well. And it's always been something that people either fall in love with it and they make it work and they carve out a pretty good life for themselves or it's been something that they have used as a stepping stone to go on to a larger journalism career. And I think we've been very lucky here on the South Coast for a long time to have people who fell in love with local journalism and found a way to make their lives work around it. Because we've had some really great writers, really great reporters, really great editors, people who could have gone on to bigger things and said, you know what? I like it here. Like, do you not think Jim Phillips with his television and radio experience couldn't have gone to Boston or Providence or even a larger market than that? Of course, but he loves it here and he loves covering the people here. And I think you see a lot of that with the folks at WBSM. You know, why do we do this job? Because we love talking about the South Coast. We love talking about New Bedford and its residents and Fall River and all the towns in between and all the towns around it because we live here and we're passionate about it. So I think, 
finding people that are willing to do the job for the salaries that are out there is, is a challenge. Also, the other challenge is people that get into this business, young people that get into this business, unfortunately now, they don't look at having to be a local journalist as a necessary step in the process. It used to be the training ground. It used to be where you got your feet wet and where you learned all the stuff that you needed to learn before you could move onward and upward. That doesn't work anymore. That doesn't, it doesn't have to be that way anymore because with the advance of the digital news age, you can go get your feet wet working for these larger corporations just at a smaller level. So you could go and work for, you know, BuzzFeed or something just starting off at a low point in the company and working your way up rather than trying to get your feet wet covering New Bedford and then applying to BuzzFeed later. But, and I'm just using that as an example, but there's all of these websites that are out there, they're always looking for page views. They're always looking for content to post up. They have no problem hiring people right out of college for, you know, probably better salaries than they would get paid from local newspapers and local news organizations and just having them work their way up from there. And if, if they do great, if they don't fine, they'll just bring in other people who will do the job. So it's, that's another thing that you're up against. It doesn't, it, you, you don't need to, to go and find a community to work in for a few years to work your way up. And then, the other part of it, too, is there's a lot of people that don't want to do this job anymore. Wanting to become a journalist is slowly dropping down the list of things that people want to do. It used to be a very in-demand job. People loved the excitement that the job could bring, even at the local level. You're never going to do the same thing every day. You're never going to get bored. I mean, you might be sitting in like a, you know, some committee meeting or something or some, uh, you know, Department of Public Works meeting. And you're like, oh, man, I can't wait to get home and write the story so I can just be done with this. And yes, sorry, folks, when you're a sports writer and you want to become, you know, the next Bob Ryan or Jackie McMullen or. <laughs> even Bill Simmons, when you're out there covering that Little League game, you think to yourself, how many more years of this? Really, how many more years of this? Not that I didn't love it, but um, you, you do think to yourself, you know, I, I, I do want to move on and, and, and uh, onward and upward. So I think people um, have decided to go into this business a lot less. Or if they have decided to go into the business, there's different avenues that they can take where they can get more of a platform for themselves more quickly. So maybe it might be instead of going to work for a newspaper, they start their own website. They start their own social media following. They start their own, you know, video service. Like there's a lot of folks who have gone outside of the traditional media and been and succeeded very well with it. So that's a, another attractive option that keeps people away from just wanting to be reporters. So what you've also seen, too, is as 
there are less and less reporters, less and less bodies to actually be out there physically covering things. There's been a reliance on the information that's provided through press releases and pool coverage and things like that. So you get a lot of homogenized coverage that isn't that much different one from the other. And that's why it's, it's very unique here at WBSM because we have somebody who is reporting the news, writing the news. Albeit we put far too much on Kate Robinson, but she's, she's doing that. And then we also have people that can comment on it in the form of the hosts. And then we have the opportunity for you to call in and comment on it as well. So this 360 degree approach to the stories is something that a lot of these other outlets can't offer. Like you can go and, and read a story on, on, on a website and go into the comments section and voice your opinion, but that doesn't hold nearly the same weight as calling into the radio station and voicing your opinion. And then having that lead to somebody else calling in and picking up off your comments. And, and then this generates more of the discussion that, by the way, a lot of people are listening as opposed to how many people actually scroll down into the comment section of a story. And just like you need a good admin in that comment section to keep make sure it doesn't go off the rails, you know, that's what the hosts try to do as well so that people don't get frustrated with the conversation and leave it. So it's not, it's, it's not that it isn't for a lack of trying to have more coverage. And Councillor Gohm said, you know, he understands that. All the councillors said that they understood that, all the ones that spoke. But... As Councillor Gomes said, it doesn't mean that you can't ask the questions about can there be more. Certainly, if you ask me, as the person who kind of oversees the news and all that stuff, would you want to have more people? Absolutely. I'd love to have more people. I'd love to have five more people. But I know the reality of the situation, and I know we have to make it work with what we have because when we put out for jobs, there's not a lot of people applying. And this is a pretty good place to work. It's a, it's a really good place to work in terms of, you know, the people that you get to work with and learn from. It's a really good place to work in terms of, you know, getting eyeballs on the stories that you'll write. And it's a really good place to work for, you know, later on, if you're looking to put something on your resume, a radio station that's been doing this for just about 75 years is, is pretty good to have on your resume. So there's all the factors and reasons why people would want to apply, but we don't get enough people that apply. Because they just don't want to go into this side of the business. And part of that, too, is social media has made it so that everybody can be what I do or what Barry does or what Phil does or Marcus or Chris or Ken or Brian or Jess or anybody. They've, they've turned it into your opinion means something to people. And I always say my opinion doesn't mean anything to any of you. Like maybe you'll take my recommendation on on, a, on food to try, a restaurant to go to. But for the most part, my opinion doesn't matter to you about what I believe about the issues. I just express it to you hoping that it maybe makes you consider some things you weren't considering before. And I'm on a radio station giving my opinions. Like a, a talk radio is a business built on people giving their opinions. And I realize that, that mine isn't that influential. So why do people think that just, you know, posting on social media is so influential. Sure, if you're lucky enough to hook up to a, a brand 
that has influence. You know, if if you get to go out and be the the next pizza reviewer for Barstool Sports, yeah, that's going to have a lot of weight to it. But you just putting up what you think about pizza on your Facebook page doesn't really affect things overall. Yet we're in that mindset that it does. And actually, you know, in some cases we've seen it happen. We've seen businesses get tanked from people going and, and putting negative opinions on their page, negative reviews. But still, that's the culture that we've created that people people can do the commentary before they do the reporting. And it's always been in the business for years. You learn how to report the facts and then you can, you know, earn your way into commenting on it. Not that I did. I just happened to be. I was just sitting in my office one day and they said, go be on the radio. I'm kidding. 508-996-0500. You're on WBSM. Hello. Good morning, Tim. How are you? Good. How are you? Um, yeah, I think WBSM does a great job all the way around uh, on, the, on the news side and, and reporting locally and even nationally, regionally, nationally. Um, I think. WBSM is kind of a gem on top of the fact that there's, you know, the ability to have um, talk radio that helps to sort of break it down also and 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 get people to think about what they've heard on the news, et cetera. And I know the news business has changed a lot. Um, I took a lot of media classes and watching what's going on, um, you know, the, the business models change. So that's why I think less people are getting into, um, you know, uh, traditional uh, news media and reporting, um, and 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 I think that uh, also, which is sort of disturbing, is that the national media um, is so polarized. It's either uh, polarized uh, politically, or uh, in a lot of cases, um, uh, it's a PR agency for the government or for whatever um, paid um, <laughs> Pfizer, whoever. Um, and I don't think that. That's ever. I don't know how that's ever going to change back to be a trusted source, um, you know, compared to what WBSM is on the local scale, you know? Well, I think one of the things that helps us is we are owned by a company that says, just do the best job that you can covering things at a local level. You know, there's, there's no agenda behind anything that we're covering. There's no uh, talking points that are ever given to anybody. Some of these other corporations they're as they become owned by larger corporations they don't have that same freedom so just you know I'll, I'll pick on fox just for a moment because everybody knows who rupert murdoch is so you know you've got this entire industry this entire um uh, empire that basically reflects what this particular individual wants to see it reflect and even more so when when he had roger ailes in charge before he passed away where the the roger ailes mentality is what permeated that entire network and then, you know, had that influence. And you see a lot of that happen with some of these other news organizations because they are owned by these much larger corporations and those corporations have agendas. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, but I think what, uh, there's a yin and a yang to the national news media and, um, you know, Fox may be the, the, uh, conservative right wing, uh, yin, but, uh, you know, you've got many other news agencies, or ABC, NBC, MSN. You can go on, go down the list that have the same Yang approach. So, as uh, uh, vitriolic or hateful or whatever you see on Fox, you don't. You know, you can easily turn the channel one channel down and get just the opposite, as, and with as much vitriol. Um, and you know, I think the funny thing is, is 
going back to the media and the, um, you know, if you go on to a lot of these stations, you'll say news presented by, and then Pfizer's logo comes up. Uh, Pfizer's logo comes up on all these stations. They're, they're, they're agnostic. They go on Fox and they're on ABC, NBC. And so when your major advertiser, you know, is being sniped, uh, logos are being sniped on the next newscast, you know, how is the editorial, you know, department or, or the publisher or the editor going to say, oh, we got to do a story about how bad, you know, this medication is or the, if this works or doesn't work because there, there's an influence there that is front and center. Well, but I mean, I think also there you are assuming that the journalists that work for that organization have no integrity then because, you know, we we have a rule here. Uh, we have a rule that, you know, news is not influenced by anything else in this building. It's not influenced by what the hosts say. It's not influenced by what the advertisers say. And we have advertisers who now and then will call up and say, hey, you know, you wrote this article and that's really unfair. I've, I've, I've been with you guys for so many years and why would you write this? And we have to say, hey, listen, the news is the news. We don't we don't give up that uh, the ethics of journalism for for anything oh i i agree with you i i think that it reflects really easy just by listening to um how wbsm uh reports uh the news and that you know there's a lot of integrity there uh i should say a lot there is integrity based on who's doing the the digging and who's doing the reporting i mean i and I, you know there's like, there's a couple of you know news reporters uh, like cheryl atkinson who's i think on it NBC or CBS, she has her own show call, um, uh, and and she is completely independent. She you know she clearly says it up front that you know everything that she does, uh, whatever you know direction she's going, is based on her own reporting. And um, I find her super credible. And there's a lot of other reporters like her. Um, uh, so yeah, uh, but yeah, it's the the. the the landscape's changed a lot for sure so <laughs> and, and i would i would say too like what you're mentioning too makes me think of all the journalists out there that have podcasts and you know the unfiltered uncensored podcasts and i think that yeah. kind of gives you some insight into like who they who they really are as people now i don't listen to all of them but some of the ones that i've heard i was like oh you're, you're much different than you are on tv because they they can speak a little bit more freely in that format right right all right. Well, well, cool. Well, thanks, and you have a great day. You as well. And if uh, if you want to call in and react, 508-996-0500. Uh, or if you want to uh, send in an app chat message on the WBSM app, another great feature that we have that um, makes us stand out from... And listen, I, I, I don't want to take a victory lap and say, you know, WBSM is the best media outlet in the area, even though we are by far. Um, and, and, and this was lamented in the meeting last night that, you know, the Standard Times isn't what it used to be. There, it's, it's not. But it, it used to be a great newspaper that won awards constantly. I was even lucky enough to get one one time. But it, it won awards at every, every awards presentation. Newspaper of the year many times over. For, for its circulation size. That's not what that newspaper is anymore. And unfortunately, they've been making attempts to try to have a little bit more local focus, but it's, it's not, it'll never be what it was. It's never going to be what it was back in, you know, even the early 2000s. So... I, again, like I said, I don't want to take a victory lap. It's actually a shame. And not that we haven't done great things, but you also don't want to win by default either. 
we should have a great newspaper in this area that is covering things. Even if it's not a matter of, you know, having the same circulation as it did before, put all your effort into the digital side of things. Instead, what do you get? You get stories that are days old. You get things that have already been covered by WBSM weeks prior or Fun 107 weeks prior. And it's just, it's, it's an embarrassment to the people who made that paper great for so many years. 508-996-0500. We'll take a break and be back in a few. <laughs> go oh what i i don't know if that's i don't think that's the original recording that sounds a little bit off probably just somebody tried to upload it to youtube to try to avoid the copyright issue and getting it taken down but anyway dirty laundry i mean don henley was warning us back in the early 80s about how the tv news industry was changing how it was looking for the salacious it was looking for the dirty laundry and, and I don't think that that's anything new. I think what happened was when you had the explosion of cable and you had not only, not only the CNN, well, CNN was the only one for a long time, but when you had the CNN model of 24-hour news, not only did that mean that you had to pull viewers over, but there were more, op- more options to watch things that weren't the news. So think about if you remember cable from the early days. I think we first got cable at my house. I remember getting it when we lived in Brockton. So I was five then. And then we had it in Randolph when I lived there when I was seven, six and seven. And then when we moved to Plymouth, where I spent the rest of my elementary school years, it was, you know, sometimes we had it, sometimes we didn't, depending on what the budget was. But the the proliferation of cable networks meant that people weren't tuning in to the local news at 11 o'clock. If you turned on TV at 11 o'clock, what were your choices pre-cable? Or in those early days when not a lot of people had cable. You could watch the news on your local station. So for Boston, what? Four, seven. Four, five, seven. Because this was even before 25 and 56 had news. That, that came in the, the mid-80s. So you had four, five, seven. If you want to watch, you know, McNeil era news hour on GBH, you had that option. That was earlier in the evening. They probably rebroadcast it. But then if you didn't want to watch news, there were other options. You could turn on TV 38 and, well, back then WSBK, and you could watch 
MASH, Barney Miller, whatever else they were running in the 11 o'clock hour, but that's that's pretty much your only options. Now, cable comes along, and there's a variety of things that you could watch at 11 p.m. that's not the news. So what does the news have to do? It has to get that salacious stuff to hook you in, and then you get those news, you know, the, those news teasers during the primetime programs. So you're watching Hill Street Blues and, uh, and, and, you know, the news anchor comes on and says some big story happened and teases it in the most salacious way to get you to stick around and not flip the channel at 11. So that really kind of helped really push forward. I mean, it's, it's always been an it bleeds, it leads type of business going all the way back to, you know, Hearst and the, the d days of yellow journalism. But I think the explosion of cable made it so that they they got a little bit more desperate in keeping the eyeballs. 508-996-0500. Good morning. You're on WBSM. Good morning. My name is Johnny Wendell. How hey, are you? Johnny. How you doing? Pretty good. Uh, you know, in 1982, I had my first apartment on County Street in New Bedford. And me and my girlfriend at the time, who's now still my wife, we got cable TV and we were so thrilled to have it. You know what we paid a month for cable TV? I'm going to guess like around 10 bucks. $12 a month we paid for cable TV and no commercials because you paid for it. So there was no commercials. Right. I mean, I remember like in the early days, like Disney Channel, Nickelodeon, those were, those, yeah. were, I think Nickelodeon might have had commercials, but a lot of those kids shows that I, kids networks that I watched growing up were all commercial free. And I'll bet you don't remember this. It came with remotes that had a wire attached to the box. Yes. So it was a little inconvenient, but the good part of it was you could never lose the remote. <laughs> Just pull yeah. on the wire and the, you would find the remote. The wire would go into the couch cushion and then you knew where it was. But it, it's, it, it's, it's sad to see what we're paying now. Oh my God, it's just, an, it's insane. Back in... Do you remember what year it was when they went digital? So I first got digital in, I want to say it was 99 or 2000. No, it was, it was a little bit earlier than that. So I'd say 97. Yeah. 97, 98. I was so one of the first that. first digital households in, in Wareham because where I was living at the time, they just decided to start way out where we were and work right. their way back. So I was, I was watching South Park before any of my friends. So I got rid of cable. Went to Home Depot. I bought a hundred dollar TV antenna and I put it on the roof. It's still there today, and I get I don't know forty to fifty different channels, all the local channels, everything, mm -hmm. and and I pay a little over fifty something for my files. All I get is the internet, so that I can use that to stream with. And I'll never pay another cable bill again as long as I live. Right, you did it the right way for sure. Can I share a sad story with you and your callers? You can. You know, I stopped by yesterday and watched this fire on a Christian Avenue. And every time there's a fire like that, it brings back a real, real bad part of my life. In, in, in 70 or 71, we were living in the West End, and we had to move from there because of the race riots at the time. I mean, it just totally burned the whole neighborhood down around us. So we moved to a place called Evergreen Park, which is now Dalton Place up on Church Street. Okay. 
And it's a housing project. And mm-hmm. It was brand new at the time. My mom was a single mother, mother of seven kids. So we moved up there into this brand new projects. And I don't know, I think I was living there a year or so. And one night, we went outside and you could smell something burning. And we saw people running like around the corner into the other section. So we went over there and there was a big crowd of people there. And this house was on fire in the back of the house. Flames was pouring out of this house. Well, in the front of the house on the second floor were these two little kids. And they were about maybe four to six years old. And they were in the window screaming and hollering and screaming. And there was a crowd of about, I don't know, I'd say 20, maybe 30 men, including myself and my brother who had just got there. And we were screaming and begging everybody, jump, jump. And they, you know, it wasn't that high. I don't know if you know the place, but the second floor really isn't that high. I want to say maybe 15 feet, maybe. Okay. You know, but but to them, and being as scared as they was, it was probably like jumping out of the Empire State Building, you know? Right, yeah. And those kids were in a window, and everybody was screaming and begging them to jump, 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 jump. And suddenly, they disappeared, and nothing but a bunch of sparks and fire and everything came out of those windows that they were standing in. And the next day, they brought those kids out you know, in body bags. Oh, man. So the, the parents had left them kids home alone and they had somehow started a fire in that house and they had burned to death. And mm. every time there's a fire like I saw yesterday, it, it just brings all that back to me. Uh, it was days before I could even sleep and, and I couldn't think right. You know what I mean? No, I believe it. And I'm sure it, every it time there's a fire, the, you go right back to that place. Yeah. yeah. It was a horrible thing. Maybe send me a call. Older calls might remember that, you know, but it was, uh, it was a pretty rough thing and uh, just kind of came back to me yesterday. And uh, it's sad, you know. I don't know if you saw the video on um, one of the Facebook sites, the popular guy that goes around, takes all the videos of the person, uh, jump, he didn't jump out. I guess he come out of the side door. The smoke's coming off of this guy. He's laying on the sidewalk. It was just very, really horrible. I mean, you know, a, a fire can be so devastating. It's, it's, it's sad to see, you know, that in, the, in this day and age, we still have buildings like that, that you know, they don't have fire escapes. They don't have, you know, the modern fire protection or whatever. And uh, it, it's a shame. So my heart goes out to all the people who lost their homes, the man who lost his life, his family. And I uh, just want to bring that up to you. Well, thank you for the call and thank you for, for sharing with us. You have yourself a good day, Mr. Weisberg. You and, do as well. And I'm glad you enjoyed that cheeseburger with peanut butter and jelly on it. i got to try it sometime. <laughs> you got it. It's pretty good. Go with the extra sharp cheddar, though. That makes all the difference, I think. Yeah. And that's what I like on my burgers. Either chop. Shop cheddar or Munster cheese. Mm, yeah, Munster's great on it, too. I will, now, now you're making me want to have another burger. There you go. <laughs> All right, thank you. Have a good one. Have a good day, Tim. Bye-bye. And uh, we're going to take our next break here. If you want to call, if you do have memories of that and you want to call in and share, 508-996-0500. Uh, but I do have to take my next break. We'll be back in just a bit. And uh, and again, you can also app chat mess- You send us app chat messages on the WBSM app as well. Oh.
welcome back in. Uh, just a programming note for you. Mayor Mitchell will be joining us in the 11 o'clock hour. He'll also be on South Coast tonight this evening at 7 p.m. And then in the 9 o'clock hour tonight, Chris and Marcus uh, will be welcoming Billy Sylvia, the president of the New Bedford Fire Union. Uh, I'm sure they'll be talking more about the devastating fire uh, yesterday afternoon. And... Again, you know, if you haven't been down in that area, they still, at least when I was on my way over here uh, just before 9 o'clock, I went over there and checked out the, the area. They still have um, a couple of blocks shut down over there. So if you, if you have to head into the, into the downtown area, the area of Cushion Avenue and Tallman Street and in that, in that general vicinity, just know that there's going to be some, some detours and there's going to be some blocked off roads. Um, I'm not exactly sure if they're still putting out hotspots. Uh, I know that, um, you know, as we were leaving the city council meeting last night and you, you get to, to 195, you could see there still was a, a steady stream of water uh, being put on on that building. So uh, a tragedy for sure and something that uh, we can continue discussing as well as uh, what we were talking about in the first hour, the results of the... Um, meeting last night with the Committee on Appointments and Briefings of the New Bedford City Council talking about the local media. And, uh, and again, it was just, you know, a, a, a fact-finding session to, to, to find out, you know, uh, what challenges there are in covering the media in this area and if there are things that the City Council can do to help. And as Councillor Gomes pointed out, both in the meeting and with Phil uh, this morning, it's not about City Council coverage. It's about covering, and, the, and even the counselor spoke about it, not even just being about New Bedford, but being about the greater New Bedford area, you know, this portion of the South Coast as well. So 508-996-0500. I do have to take one final break for the hour. We'll be back in a few minutes. All right. Welcome back in. We have a few moments left before we're going to go into the newsroom. Kate Robinson's going to give you the news. Then she's going to head over to City Hall for the uh, announcement of the city's comprehensive housing plan, which Mayor Mitchell will talk about with us when he comes in uh, for midweek with the mayor in the 11 o'clock hour, among other things as well. Of course, we'll talk to him about his veto letter to the city council regarding those proposed ballot questions. Uh, and we can talk more, of course, about the fire uh, last night, uh, yesterday afternoon as well. So if you want to call in in the next hour, though, 508-996-0500 is the number that you can call in for sounding off with your opinion. You can also text in using app chat on the WBSM app. And just going to remind you about all the great features that you will find on that app, because it's not just about hearing WBSM and crystal clear FM quality sound. It's not just about accessing our podcasts in one nice, easy to use spot. It's not just about having, um, the breaking news alerts when things like the fire happens and we can get that information out to you quickly. It's not just about being able to access all of our articles. It's all of those things, plus live traffic, live weather, contests, all great stuff that you can find all on the WBSM app. It's all free and it's brought to you by South Coast Towing. So they help us keep adding all these great new features and there's always new things that are, are, are um, I, I, I don't want to call them nerds in our IT department, but I think they might wear that as a badge of honor. They love it. They love coming up with new things that we can do with the app. So uh, if you don't have it already, go ahead and download it. You can get it from your app store or you can get it wherever 
you find apps. So if it's if you don't go to your app store, if you go somewhere else and get it, you know, it's there. I promise you. And if you still run into trouble, just go to WBSM.com and there is a, a link there. If you go to listen, there's a, a in the drop down menu, there'll be a thing there that will you can actually put in your email address and it will send you the app directly to your to your phone via your email. And as I always say, if you still can't figure it out after then and you're still having trouble, whether it's downloading the app or making it work for your Alexa or your Google Home device, just email me.